Hello, everyone. I am so excited to tell you that the very high in demand parenting workshop called Ignite Her Joy is back to serve all of you parents with young women ages nine to 18 or on the way. And have you ever wished you could see the real smiles of your daughter's face more often? Or maybe you have wondered why she used to love school and is now having trouble. Or maybe you've seen some changes in her sweetness that are not as sweet, or maybe her confidence is wavering and you want to help her fortify that and help her prepare for her adult journey later on. So no matter what, all of those things come down to self-esteem and your young ladies today need some big doses of the real stuff. I'm not talking the social media, selfie-fed self-esteem, but the real stuff that will hold her up in the changes that inevitably come and those challenges of life. So this parenting workshop is totally free and totally priceless, and it is coming up. Ignite Her Joy, Five Steps to Growing Your Daughter's Self-Esteem in the Tween and Teen Years is May 9th through 13th. You are going to want to register for this ASAP so you can make sure you have a seat in this virtual room for this limited guest opportunity. You can go to NellieHarden.com slash Ignite to grab your seat right away so you can have this parenting gold to help your daughter grow and solidify her own self-esteem starting today. Again, that's NellieHarden.com slash Ignite. That's N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com slash Ignite. I can't wait to see you there. Hello and welcome to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. If you are a parent of a tween, teen, or somewhere on the way, this is exactly the place for you. This is the playground for parents who want to raise their kids with intention, strength, and joy. Come and hear all the discussions, get all the tactics, and have lots of laughs along the way. We will dive into the real challenges in raising kids today, how to show up as parents and teach your kids how to show up as members of the family and individuals of the world. My name is Nellie Harden, big city girl turned small town, sip an iced tea on the front porch mama who loves igniting transformation in the hearts and minds of families by helping them build self-led discipline and leadership that elevates the family experience and sets the kids up with a rock-solid foundation they can launch their life on all before they ever leave home. This is the 6570 Family Project. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the 6570 Family Project Podcast, where we are putting aside those power struggles and really finding the path to lead our young women toward confidence, respect, and wisdom, and prepare them for the great big world out there. And today we're going to be talking about how we can ourselves and help our daughters and our any uh, children that we have bring our mess into the light normalize mess and be able to start unraveling it in order to get those knots out. So if you have not yet, I really encourage you to look up man in the arena. It is a, um, a poem or a, or speech that Theodore Roosevelt gave, and it is so good. Um, Brene Brown, 
love Brene Brown. Um, and she really talks about this in some of her talks. And this is something that really struck me because when we're in, when we are in life, it often feels like a, a fight or a, a challenge, at least that we are getting through every single day. Even if it's a great day, you still got through that day with triumph. And on our hardest days, we get through that day with triumph. And so man in the arena is such a powerful, um, statement that can be put together. Highly encourage you to look it up. Just Google it. You will find it. Uh, man in the arena, Theodore Roosevelt. I have it in my house. Um, and it really reminds us of who's in the arena, who we, who we um, can listen to, to get actual good guidance and who we should not listen to, to get guidance. And three of those seats that are often taken up in our arena are scarcity, shame, and comparison. Those are the ones we do not want to listen to. But if we don't invite them in, hey, they're going to find a way in no matter what. And they're going to lurk in the corners. They're going to sneak up on us when we least expect it. They are going to surprise us and it is not going to be good. So kind of like uh, inviting the enemies in, right? We want to invite them in, put, uh, show them to their seats and be able to shine a light on them. So we always know where they are. We always know what they're going to say. And we can always just be able to let them be for what they are and then walk away and be in our arena. Does that make sense? Know your enemies, right? Okay. So let's dive into these a little bit. It is comparison, shame, and scarcity. And, uh, um, Brene Brown has a Ted talk that she, um, talked a little bit about, uh, well, a lot of bit about, um, the man in the arena and some of these seats, and we're going to dive into it in the context of what we do in the 6570 family project. So let's talk about comparison. Comparison is going to show up as stories that we tell ourselves in our head that either glorify us and put someone else down or the opposite, right? It is going to really put us down and glorify someone else. And these are often worst case scenarios for one, best case scenarios for another, which means it's not really true that the truth lies somewhere in the middle there. And it's this comparison trap that we get in of, um, I will never be as smart as that other person. I will never be a good enough parent. I will, uh, never write the always nevers. I am always, uh, too tired for this. I am, uh, I, can never do that, um, that move in soccer. Like my teammate can, I will never get into college. I will never get that scholarship. All of these catastrophizing, um, uh, events can happen with yourself in the driver's seat, or it can be this grandiose, um, inflated esteem, which is always fake where it is. I am so much better than everyone else. I am so much better than them because of this, you know, a, B and C, so this comparison is really a dangerous place to be for our children and ourselves. And if we can, again, shine that light on there, unravel this and find out what's going on, then we can start to deal with it. This can be particularly dangerous when there is comparison between siblings or what often happens too, is when there's comparison between parent uh, uh, the parents' teenage years and what the teenager is, uh, the teen or tween is going through right now, right? The whole quote unquote, when I was your age, 
you know, um, so those can be particularly um, demeaning and harsh because they are inside of the home. So again, let's put a light on them. Know where comparison is coming from. Not be afraid to have the conversation about it. And then we can start to unravel it and get to the root. So that's comparison. It's always going to be there. So be aware of comparison in your arena. So let's talk about shame and shame is the defining identity of I am anything that comes after I am, you can put, uh, that is not, um, uh, shining a positive light on yourself. That is going to be in the shame category. Anything that you could say, I am that you're not proud of, you wouldn't stand in front of the arena and shout necessarily then, uh, with, with pride, good pride, not, um, uh, demeaning pride, but good pride, then that goes into the shame category. And when we start to get into the, I am statements, then we're catastrophizing again, right? These are all close cousins, comparison, shame, and identity. They're like the three musketeers that like to hang out. And they're like, Ooh, you didn't get them this time. I'm going to try and get them this time. Right. Oh, okay. Let's try this time. They strategize, right? These, these three seats, shame, comparison, and scarcity. So when you're down there in the arena and you have these feelings and thoughts of, I am never going to get into college. I am never enough. I am never going to get the attention of this person that I'm interested in. I am never going to get this scholarship, right? All of those things, those are identifying markers. And what it does is it puts you in a box. And when it puts you in a box, that is just an acceptance of the way that it is box. There is no getting out of there. There's no work to be done in order to undefine something, right? So that's why it can be so dangerous. If you say, I am not smart, then that's just what it is, right? And you get into this, it is what it is type of mentality, which is one of my husband's like least favorite sayings ever, which I can see why, because you are then just defining it. And you are saying it is what it is. Therefore I will not work on it. Let's move on to something else and just accept this character about myself. And it's not even true. It's not even true. Shame is not true. Okay. They are the lies that we are telling ourselves about who we are. So when it, the saying it is what it is, it goes with some things. I don't want to throw it under the bus because there are some things that just are what they are. Like the car was in an accident. Yes, absolutely. That is definitively true. Right. But uh, my daughter is um, depressed and it, uh, and it made me upset, right? We don't have to say our daughter is depressed and it just is what it is and we're going to live with it. No, right? Shame blocks us from action toward the things that are, are actionable, okay? So material things can be defined. It is what it is, but feelings and lives cannot feelings and lives, emotions, actions, those are actionable and we can always change them. If we're still here, we can change them. Okay. 
So then there is scarcity, the I will never be enough. So why try? Um, I will never be able to talk to them in their room. So why try? I, I see this with parents sometimes, you know, when I'm talking to them about having those um, intentional conversations and they're like, my kid will never let me in my room. So I'm not even going to try. I already know what they're going to say. That's that scarcity mindset, right? I will never be able to. So that is the other seat, you guys, again, shining a light on there and being receptive uh, to the effects that these three seats have, right? And when we can do that, then when we're down in the arena, we could say, I see you. I see you. I know that I am enough. I know that there is enough of whatever it is that you need out there. I know that I am one unique person and there aren't so many other people that have come before me that are just like me. I'm not a dime a dozen. I am a unique person for a unique purpose, right? That is where scarcity can really, really get you when it just says, what does it matter? Don't do anything. Everybody else has already tried that and not, and it doesn't work or other people have tried that and it has, and they're doing great. So why would you come in and try? Right. And so your child really needs you as the parent, as the family architect that is planning, designing and building the beginning of their life to help them see these three gremlins, as Brene calls them, um, that are always in these seats, comparison, shame, and scarcity. So comparison, I'm not as good as shame. I am fill in the blank scarcity, never enough blank right? So all three of these breed isolation. And as we know, my, uh, if you've ever done any sort of biology lab ever, isolation is where things grow. They breed and they grow in the darkness of that isolation, like a Petri dish, right? So let's put a light on these things, put a light on them. If you don't want to talk about something right away, because you don't have the words, that's absolutely fine, right? If, if you're trying to figure out where is this scarcity, shame and comparison happening and you're feeling some things and you're questioning some things and you're being curious about things, but you don't necessarily have the words yet, that is okay. Take some time, but definitely, definitely come back. And this reminds me, so um, not too long ago, uh, there was this... Um, event that was happening really early in the morning. I'm talking like, I think it started at 6 15 AM and it was on a Sunday. It was really early in the morning and I wanted to go to it. Um, but I wasn't going to make anyone in my, anyone else in my house go to it because it's early. It's, a, it's a weekend. And so, um, I got up and, uh, my husband did come with me and we went and, um, I think it was like a day later, it might've been a day or two later. I just noticed he was acting a little off. And I asked, I was like, so, um, are you okay? What's going on? He's like, I just, I just don't have the words right now. And I was like, okay, well be sure you come back to me when you do. And another couple of days passed and we were sitting there eating lunch and he seemed, you know, better. And I said, so the other day, when you said you didn't have the words, do you have the words now? And he's like, well, I, I thought about it and I'm okay. And I was like, well, what was it? You know? And so what happened is 
these gremlins were speaking to him in his arena and they were telling him, you know what? She didn't invite you and didn't want you to come on Sunday morning. She wanted to be by herself. And so, um, she didn't even invite you and didn't want you there. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, no, 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 that is not true at all. I'm so sorry. You thought that, right? That what his truth was, I didn't even want them there. And my truth was I, it would be selfish of me to ask him to come to this and sacrifice his weekend morning because we're so busy during the week. I don't want him to sacrifice, you know, resting and sleeping in on a, on a weekend. And so I'm not even going to selfishly ask him to come. So he feels like there's an obligation to come. So my place was, I love him so much. I don't want to bother him and give him an obligation to come. And his place was, she is, you know, pulling away. She doesn't want me to come. So she didn't even ask and see where that can happen. These are the gremlins that are in our arena. And I see this with our kids all the time. And, but that's just an example that happened, you know, recently with us, but unless we brought that into the light, he never would have known what the truth was. And he just would have been living with this acceptance of it is what it is. Okay. So that is a great example of how we need to bring it into the light, unravel it, get the truth and then move on. Right. So if we can expect these seats to be there, make room for them, invite them in. And so they aren't pushing their way in. And when they're pushing their way in, they're going to knock something else good out of the way. I have two rescue dogs and every single time I let them outside, uh, one of them, she can be behind or, uh, the boy, he could be behind, um, our girl dog. But as soon as you crack the door, I don't know that numbskull, he just plows through and like knocks everybody out of the way, including himself. He's knocking himself in the head so he can get outside first. And that is what I see with these three, uh, these three seats of scarce scarcity, shame, and comparison, pushing their way into your arena and knocking some good stuff out of the way because of it. So invite them in, shine the light, put the spotlights on them, be sure you always know, know where they are and what they are up to. And then they will never be able to surprise you, right? The more we can expect, the easier it will be for us. And it reminds me of, um, what is it? Hunger games, right? Moves and counter moves. Okay. You guys, I hope that you got so much out of this today and you can be more aware of these three gremlins in your arena as you're going throughout the day and teach your kids to be more aware of them as well. I will be back next week with another episode and remember to keep teaching, keep laughing and keep loving. And above all, remember to keep showing up with intention during this 6570 parenthood childhood experience because they need you. All right, everyone, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you were able to take something from our discussion that you can use to build the foundation of self-led leadership in your own family. If you are a parent with children 17 or younger, and especially those around nine and up, I would love to extend an invitation to you to the best club in town. The Family Architects Club is a private club where intentional parents go that want to love, support, connect, or reconnect, and really truly help 
guide their kids and teach them how to self-lead in discipline and leadership. This is an online community and you are welcome to it. Parenting is a project and you are the architect of this one. You plan, you design and oversee the construction of the beginning of someone else's life. And that's what goes into these first 6,570 days and it will be the foundation for the rest of their lives. So come join the club. You can find your invitation on the front page of my website, nellieharden.com. That is N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com. Thank you again for being a part of this conversation today. And if something really resonated with you, or if you have a question, please don't hesitate to connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at Nellie Harden. And lastly, if you loved the information, please, please leave a five-star review and a comment so more and more families can be impacted by harnessing the strength of these ideas and tools in their own families. So thank you so much. Happy building, you guys, and I'll see you next week.